What the truck? I'm Dooner, and that's the dude. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome everybody. Beautiful day. Summer's back here, at least for today. Yeah, I'm dressed for it too. <laughs> you I'm are. For it. You I, even got, I even got shorts on. With you should have a camera it. hanging around your neck. You know what? I'm, I'm about <laughs> to take off for vacation, so a uh, little, there, there'll be no what the trucks next week. We're doing a little halftime, right? Middle right. season. Take a little bit of break. Um, gonna go down to Cape Cod, shipping up to Boston, go see the family out there. And, uh, Sweet man, yeah, and come back with a vengeance. Yeah. What are you gonna be doing? You still gonna be over here doing now? Yeah, nice. I will be. Yeah. Well, absolutely. hey, guess what? We're going to talk to Grace about this Project 44 car in just Ooh. a minute. But Ooh, first, got I got something sent to me in the mail by our former guest that was on here. It was uh, Hope Severa from Stiff Mother Trucker. Oh, oh yeah. They, they sent us some of this cream, so we're going to, like, lather ourselves up with it here, and we'll, like, report back during the show how, uh, how we're feeling. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Let me open this thing up and see what we got No, inside. I will not be putting it on Dooner. He will apply thank you, to Stiff himself. Stiff Mother Trucker for sending me that. Oh, some lovely stickers in this unboxing here. Oh, I want a sticker. Oh, there it is. Hold on. I got to get this cream. I dropped it. All right. Put a little color here for us. Oh, yeah. Hey. Look at that. Beautiful. Look at there. Beautiful. <laughs> nice packaging. A little bow on yeah, there and everything. Packaging. A little bit right, of bow. A little bit of bow. Got a little cream coming on. And apparently the Stiff Mother Trucker cream, this is for like, I think it's like Flexol 454 kind of thing. It's for drivers. It's all natural. If you're hurt, oh, you really? slather yourself with it. So... We'll see what's going so on. So is this like an, a, a, almost an icy oh, hot type of thing? What's going on here, man? Oh, it's cat. You uh, got to cap it. Child safety proof. Yeah. Dooner safety Dooner proof. proof. <laughs> there we go. Got, the, got it off. How's it taste? All right. Well, it tastes a little minty, so I'm, I don't know how much I have here. Here, lather yourself up. Right on, man. I got a little bit of a sore elbow. Put it on the elbows. Put it on the elbows. Put on the Ooh, man. Woo. This smells like mint It smells mint like banaca. mint chocolate chip ice cream. It smells like mint banaca. Feels nice. nice. Feels lathery. It's Stick not drying my skin out. Relief cream. Well, oh, and, shoot, man, just dip me in this. Oh, and look, these are like little emergency uh, packets too. Stiff mother truck cream. We'll let you know if it's yeah, making us feel right. numb and let it me, makes let me us put feel it on better. My, let me put it on my bad knee. Thank you for sending this stuff. If you want us to awkwardly uh, try out your prod- product, send us some as well. We'll see what we'll see what goes on. Yeah. But in the meantime, let's talk to Gray Sharkey about freight going mainstream at 200 miles an hour as Project 44 and Tive team up. Hit the raceway. Grace, what's up? Hello. It's you know what? We finally made the mainstream. We got to the sports, and uh, I'm glad that NASCAR was was one of the first for uh, freight technology. So uh, let's go. I'm excited for it. And uh, it, you know, it's really great about uh, this partnership is that it was so organic. So Tim uh, Bertrand over at Project 44. Uh, he is the president of Worldwide uh, Fuel Operations. His family actually owns their own uh, motorsports team. That's actually uh, Midget Car Racing, which I don't know if you guys are too in depth with any of this, but it's uh, it's a smaller, more go kart like looking type of vehicle, um, and had a few connections and was able to to pull off the sponsorship. So I am very excited, as you can see, a NASCAR fan, uh, to to see this happen. So uh, what a fun day for us here here at Freight Waves. <laughs> you ever try any of this stiff mother trucker cream? <laughs> you know, I was just saying, like, uh, my hands are so ashy right now, too. Uh, I unfortunately have not. So uh, send that coconut my oil. way. Coconut oil. Yeah, refined yeah. coconut oil. Yes. You want Great. coconut oil for yeah. that. You don't want to use this. This stuff here, I'll tell you what, I got a bad knee. Yeah. 
Uh, it's feeling pretty good right Is now. Is it feeling pretty yeah, good? Yeah, I'm feeling it, man. I like feeling the effects. Oh, it's pretty good. Not overwhelming. Yeah, and no, uh, it's just pain relief, and it's working, man. Now, I'll tell you what. This car, it's a Chevrolet. Nice. It's a Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 1LE. We have a video of it getting wrapped in a couple of pictures. So let's take a look at it so the audience can see here. Now they're getting. Yeah, so this has. Well, this has the branding, too. So they put the branding this here so of both cool. P44 and Tive. And, you know, we were talking a little bit, like, why would a, you know, we can understand FedEx, UPS, but why would a yeah. company like Project 44 that, you know, your average person watching NASCAR wouldn't get into? But I think your article kind of gave it away. A lot of their partners, Project 44 and Tive's partners, are a part of these races, right? So you know you're at least going to have some captive eyeballs. A hundred percent. And there's a n- numerous drivers really love NASCAR. I mean, if you ever go to a race, uh, you'll see down in the pit, there's a lot of, uh, well, first off, you need semis to, to move these cars. Uh, but there's a lot of drivers that will park inside uh, the pit and, and spend the weekend there. And uh, I believe uh, Nick Austin did a great article that I was able to tag in my article about the the easiest uh, tracks to, to park at. So it's a, it's definitely a, a freight-related sport. A lot of people, a lot of drivers really enjoy it. it. makes sense. It's a perfect way to transition into it, and they're having a lot of fun with the opportunity. If you uh, are a customer of Project 44, as you can see the tracking of it uh, as it moves uh, up to New Hampshire for the weekend. And, yeah, it's just a, a fun new marketing uh, endeavor for them, and uh, it's it's going to pay off for them uh, tenfold. And and like you said, they've got a number of customers on it. It's a huge uh, sponsorship type of sport. So uh, millions and millions of, of viewers every week. Uh, why, why not dip your toes in it at this point? Yeah, it's awesome. So as you mentioned, they started tracking this stuff, uh, I, would, I guess, yesterday. Yeah. Right? As this yeah. thing moves. Yep. So <laughs> you can go in and watch this thing move right there. Uh, that's pretty cool. So customers and, and race fans alike can can go do this. This is a, this is a really cool uh Marketing stuff. Yeah, I like that. I like Tive, it. Yeah, they integrated what Tive does. They integrated the visibility of P44 yeah. and the tracking of Tive, and they rolled it into this project here. Can, I, are I you think it's a smart move. Can you can you track it around yeah. the track? Like the big circle? Yeah. Where is it? Now? Right. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> right. Uh, it's not. It's not hard to. It's not hard to find at all. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a race before, but it's really funny. Uh, they. It's it's overwhelming how fast these cars move. Oh yeah, like it's oh, the yeah. type of sport you want to be high up as possible because if you're right down there, you're you're not going to see them pass by. So maybe it is a sport that we need to start tracking. But uh, you know that's what that's what you have uh, the scanners that you can get for and and things of that nature. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, how they do this weekend. I will say that it's not a very great track for Chevy. I think. They Ooh, haven't won okay. a race there for like the last fourteen or something like that. But um, you know, let, let's see. I how didn't know Grace was a NASCAR yeah, geek. Exactly. She's in the, you're she an really, you're a NASCAR yeah. geek. Well, I didn't know that. There's a show wow. on Netflix yeah. called Drive <laughs> to Survive, and I know it's F1, but that is converting a lot of people into racing. It's done a really good job of taking normies and getting yeah. them into the NASCAR scene. This particular race is set to begin at 3 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, commonly referred to as the Magic Mile. It's in uh, Loudoun, New Hampshire. It's going to air on NBCSN. Um, James Davison, he ranked 32nd in the Cup Series. He'll be in car number 15, row 19, taking the 37th position in the starting line. So not the greatest starting point, but a great starting okay. point for uh, Freight Tech advertising on the track. I think I'll check it out. 
I think yeah. I will. Too. I think yeah. I'll check it out. So, Grace, so here's a question yeah. that's been going on uh, in the locker room uh, in the back all morning, and everybody keeps asking Duder because he knows everything. Is this a one race deal? Or are they uh, are they, yes. they for the series? What's going on? Yes, it is just it is just a one race. Deal. Okay, uh, it's just this this one race uh, that that card I believe only runs. Uh, uh, a dozen, about 12 or so races throughout the year. Not every driver does every single race. Uh, so um, this one will just be for this one event. But um, when I'm talking with Tim, it looks like they are, you know, looking at possibly at doing this in the future or different type of fun marketing plans like this. So maybe we'll see freight tech enter into different sports. Uh, you know, well, uh, future holds uh what it can but uh it's just this one time so everyone should take this opportunity and uh check the car out uh this sunday and you know throughout the weekend they have the pre-qualifying races and all that too you could see it as well okay great stop talking so we can send you to the wheel spin the wheel oh, michael yeah, that's right. spin yes. the wheel make the deal by the yes. way this, this cream i'm starting to really feel that menthol tingle going through I'm my body you, now. it's working it I, my, my knee feels <laughs> fabulous i feel like uh i could uh a good sleep, maybe. Uh, so here we go. All right. What goes on the cracker first, Grace? Cheese or the meat? So first of all, I already answered this Twitter poll that Duner put out because, and thank you for doing it because we need to start asking the tough questions. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely meat. I don't know why what? people say cheese. The meat is so the meat takes up the full cracker. I don't understand why you would have. Yeah, no, meat and then cheese. Oh, no, 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 it's cheese then the meat. I, I'm sorry, she's she's ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I'm, Grace, Grace, this was a great interview until the end of it. Thank you for spending this Friday with us. Take care. We got to go talk to Brett Zuma, the CEO over at Load Smith. We have to have an important conversation now. Thank you, Grace. Enjoy the race over the weekend. Peace, unbelievable. Grace. Can believe you believe that? She really disappointed I, me. I'm just shocked by her answer. I am too. Hey, I Brett, what's too. going on? Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> yeah, well, we're excited to have you on today because we have we've discussed this many a times when, oh, yeah. when we know Loadsmith's coming on. We've take we've taken a look at your logo and we've debated: are we looking at a caribou? Are we looking at an elk? And we we're wondering about the brand story behind the name and the logo that you chose. And we we're hoping you'd share us a little info. Can, on can, can we share which one we each think before you reveal? Oh, absolutely. I'm saying elk. Uh, I, yeah, I think it was. I think okay. I've I've looked on Google Image Search at elk and caribou, and I settled on elk as well. Okay. Well, it's a white stag. Oh, okay. What is Which a white is somewhat stag? a mythical creature. Oh, okay. So that's why um, the white stag was chosen um, as our logo pretty much after we had gone through the branding and naming process. Um, the white stag um, really represents overcoming difficulties and adventures. Um, from a hunting perspective, uh, lots of hunters hunt white stags, but not to uh, kill them, but just for the mythical chase of finding one. Um, and so there's some elements of adventure and overcoming obstacles uh, that we felt really represented uh, the brand from, from our perspective. And when you talk about our brand and, and the exercise that we did um, in the branding, if you there's a lot of a lot to unpack there in terms of how we ended up with mm -hmm. the name and and um, and ultimately that white stag. 
But really what we did was we spent a lot of time um, analyzing what our comparators were doing um, and pretty much word scraped the top 50 trucking companies, the top 50 logistics companies, uh, word scraped their websites, put them into a quadrants to see where their messaging was, um, how they had positioned themselves in the marketplace, and then how we could put position ourselves in a unique place. And, you know, one of the things that, that we spent a lot of time on in the branding in the first six months before we even um, had a name or decided to, to go into business was um, really we looked at, and I'm not familiar, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Carl Jung, um, but we looked at Junging ar archetypes and really how do we want to feel and, and be um, using those archetypes. And so we're pretty much, um, you know, 75% uh, the everyman archetype. Uh, then we're, you know, probably 15% sage archetype and then 10% um, rebel archetype. And we felt like that, but using those archetypes to kind of help form the brand, um, those, those three archetypes really, to me, distilled down to, you know, who our drivers really are. And we're so driver centric at Loadsmith that, um, that was super important in terms of branding is how do we reach drivers and how do we resonate with the men and women behind the wheel? Um, and from there, Loadsmith became, we, you know, when we started talking about um, logistics as a craft and driving as a craft, um, what are craftsmen? And so um, whether you're in one of our offices you know, watching the magic happen from a, from an execution perspective, or you're in the truck next to the driver, watching him, uh, him or her, uh, perform their craft. Really we were craftsmen. And so Loadsmith really just kind of stood out as the name, um, that put all of those pieces together in terms of celebrating the work that is done, uh, because this is a, a grinding business and it's a worker's business. And so we that's how we wanted to position ourselves. And to your point, um, the white stag is a little unknown. Um, it's very popular in terms of works of fiction and from a mythology perspective. Um, but that's that's the story of, of Loadsmith's name and the, and the story of the white stag. Yeah, the anima and the animus, uh, synchronicity, I'll call Jungian theories, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah, you got blacksmiths, you got uh, gunsmiths, you got loadsmiths. Yeah. It's their art. It's their craft. It's what they're doing. Hey, yeah. little cowbell doer, oh, yeah. congratulations to loadsmith. Milestone day here, right? Surpassed $50 million halfway through the year. Congratulations on that. You were looking forward to that. I know uh, a while back we spoke and you were talking about $21 million last year, this yeah. year, looking to get 50, bringing on tech to make that happen. Talk about that a little bit. You're on an annual run rate to hit 60, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, th those are exciting milestones. Um, run rates are cool and, and milestones are, are always something that, that every organization should celebrate. Um, I think probably what I'm most um, proud of is that you know, we're, we're doing it in a way where we're being profitable and we're able to continue to fund um, our technology uh, initiatives. We're being able to um, grow organically um, in our technology. 
And so I think probably that's what I'm most proud about. And that, that just, I think when you look at, um, myself, David, Jessica, um, from our backgrounds of working in the asset carrier, um, that really prided itself on the profitability aspect. I think that I'm most proud of that $50 million being 50 million profitable dollars. And I'm most proud of that $60 million run rate being a profitable run rate that is funding our continued growth and our technology initiatives. Wow. So, hey, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the market just from your seat. What are you seeing right now? We keep hearing it's a dumpster fire. Our data shows it's a dumpster (laughs) fire. Everyone's telling us it's a dumpster (laughs) fire. Can you confirm uh, what we've been hearing? Well, I don't, I wouldn't say a dumpster fire. I I think the reality is that there's um, just some irrationality in the marketplace that has existed. Um, If you, if you peeled back the onion um, really back to September of 2020, um, I didn't think at that point that the market would continue to accelerate from a, a tonnage perspective or from a rates perspective, but um, I think the irrationality that kind of has developed um, is in, in it's just from my seat and coming from um, an asset-based business where really understanding your cost per mile is uh, the most important, like pricing starts with cost. And so um, coming from a pricing background of looking at what our costs were um, and then making pricing accordingly, where I think now what you're seeing is, um, pricing is not uh, related to cost at all in the spot market. Um, it is, it's, there's just this irrationality that exists there. And so I think that you're just seeing, I mean, we've seen corrections in terms of, um, you know, volume and it, which is hard for us to say that because last week was the biggest week we ever had. And this right. week is, you know, kind of the same in terms of, of that that freight volume now our rate per mile is less um our our purchase trans cost per mile is less which i think we might be the only brokerage that looks at rate per mile and cost per mile (laughs) um at least i've been told that when i talk with my some of my comparators about it but um so when i look at rates um looking at them from a rate per mile perspective we have seen a retraction there um but our volume is up so it's hard for me to say that um, that it's a dumpster fire, less than just maybe a little bit of a correction. But I think from a ongoing perspective, uh, you're, you're just looking at a higher elevated rate level um, from a consistency perspective than we've seen in a while. I'm not sure that you're going to see, you know, a, a retraction to pre-COVID rates. You know, you're not. I don't think you're going to go back to you know, even 2018, like Q4 rates, I think, you know, where we're at, you're going to see an adjustment and then we'll just kind of start moving forward from there. Hey, Brett, it seems like every company is hiring. We have about a minute left. I'm, I'm sure Loadsmith may be as well. So uh, yeah. people who want to come work for Loadsmith, you got, you got a pitch for them. Why should they come work for you guys? Uh, I, I mean, look, I think that, that from a hiring perspective, we're, you know, we're, we're definitely a very growth oriented company. Um, I think that we focus a tremendous amount on our employees in terms of being the, you know, 
from, from a cultural perspective, being a place where we, we're not picking winners and losers with loads, with customers, with carriers, with employees. Um, we want to be an aspirational place for, for people to work. We believe in paying above average salaries. Um, and what I mean by salary is we don't have commission structures. We pay above average um, from the people that we're hiring from some of our comparators. We're paying them more they were make, than they were making base plus commission. So um, we believe in the right people, um, the right pay structure and the right vision. Um, we're we're going to have a pretty interesting call next week on our, our team meeting, just about the vision of Loadsmith and what we're going to be doing in Q1 of 2023 and um, Q1 of 2024. Um, that's pretty different than what the logistics, the 3PL path um, that most of our competitors have taken. So um, there's exciting things happening. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we just believe in a hardworking culture of professionalism. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're excited for our future for sure. Brett, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on What the Truck today. We appreciate it. Go check out. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Good times. Now we're going to talk about safety, and we have two sections in a row going on safety. So the first one here, we're going to be talking about external reviews, and after that, we're going to have Brian Dog Carriers on. We're going to go over some dash cam video, and we're going to go through some coaching on that. It's going to be really, really fun. So right now, let's bring up uh, Director of Safety at Reliance Partners. It is Robert Kefferl. Did I get that right, Robert? No, Kefferly. Kefferly. All right. Kefferly. I thought it was right at first, and I didn't want to go with that one, so Kefferly. Thank you. Uh, That's thanks, so for, good. thanks for joining us. So you introduced yourself to the audience. I don't think we've had you on yet. No, um, you've spent time talking with Brian. Brian and I work together. Um, I've been in, in trucking all my life. I have a CDL, uh, still drive for the local high school band. Uh, I've done operations, safety, human resources. You name it, I've done it in, in trucking. So um, when they brought me to Reliance Partners, uh, it's to build a safety program for our clients and for our internal producers to use as a resource. So we're really excited to get this program underway. So being a trucker, Robert, and hey, welcome to the show, by the way. Nice to have you. So being a trucker and, and still driving right now, driving around a high school van, safety, top, great perspective, interesting perspective from where you sit. What's good in safety right now? You know, um, and trucking companies are not going to like this, but the emphasis that trucking companies are putting on safety is all because of premium because of the rate they're paying. Mm. And, and it's a necessary evil. Uh, insurance carriers are taking the risk. They're taking a risk in, um, on the carrier and some risks are, are higher than others. And it's because of their safety performance. So um, carriers, they're focused on driving that cost down. And uh, the only way they're going to be able to do that is refining their safety programs. So what's bad in safety right now? Uh, there's still carriers that want to do it the old way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay I got you. Production, production, production. So let's, let's talk about external reviews, right? Uh, having people review your safety uh, uh, program and going through those. How does that work? Well, there are multiple multiple people you can call in um, consultants. There are uh, safety people with your market or your insurance carrier. 
with your producer or your retail agent. That's what I do. Um, and really what you want to do is you want to have somebody come in that has no dog in the fight. They're just going to review as a third party what you're doing good, what you're doing bad. And you want somebody to not only tell you what your what your deficiencies are, but give you solid ideas on how to fix those. Yeah, you've said you've actually compared driver safety to weight loss. Dieting and exercise are crucial, but equally important is stepping on the scale to measure your progress. Motor carriers may think they're running things safely, but to what extent? So let's elaborate on that a little bit more. How do you step on that scale? What is that scale in in your world, and what what does that entail reviewing these processes? Well, it starts with your CSA scores, and uh, a lot of people will look at CSA scores and – They'll make a determination, oh, we're good if they have a low score or we're, we're bad if they have a high score. And it's all in the detail, not necessarily in the score. It tells you where to look. But um, really, it's the detail behind the score that's going to tell the tale. If you've got uh, a lot of violations, what, 20 months ago, but you've had no violations recently, but your score is still high, that's an easy easy story to tell. Conversely, you could have a good score, but your um, violations recently have been up, but your score hadn't been impacted yet. So there's, there's definitely red flags and things to get into behind the score. Those are, that's really the scale that you want to look at. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a great insight there, Robert. Looking at those scales and looking at those trends because they can jump up and bite you in the butt if you're not watching those things. But you Absolutely. also you also said that uh, a lot of carriers kind of look the other way sometimes, and maybe not intentionally, right? You say you heard more times than I can count. They're a really good driver, but upon digging into their history and violations, not so much, right? So how do people get into that, and how do you keep the, from those blinders, right? You've got those, those fleet managers that say, hey, give it to this guy. He's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. But they don't think about how that is, and maybe there's some violations there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it happens more than we would like to admit. Um, carriers think that a great driver is the driver that gets something delivered on time. And that's not necessarily the, the whole story there. Um, the violations that that driver gets, uh, the uh, the speeding or the uh, unsafe actions that don't get violations that you never see, uh, the telematic stuff that you get reported on that uh, you may not get violations on, all that goes into that determination. And if we're just looking at service and make a determination whether a driver is a good driver or a poor driver off of service and delivery results, um, that's a carrier that needs to reevaluate how they're looking at their drivers. What are the top violations that you're seeing this year or, you know, in the most recent data trends? You know what? There's, there's always brakes and there's always lights. So um, if a carrier is an owner operator carrier or, um, They've got a lot of glider kits. You're going to see hours of service violations. Um, unsafe driving in unsafe dri- driving categories. Speeding is always high. Uh, lane violations, those sorts of things. So um, really just staying focused on the whole thing. Uh, I see carriers that you'll see three months of uh, good 
results and then it starts to tick up. You'll see it trend up and then uh, you'll see that trend increase for four or five months and then it'll drop like a rock. And to people like me, I see that and I go, yeah, they they don't have a, a solid safety program. What they're doing is they're reacting to an increase in violations instead of continually training and addressing those issues before they arise. So um, those trends, using using charts and using trends to identify where your issues are and provide training, that's the key in a solid safety program. Hey, Robert, thank you so much for your time and giving us some insight on safety and getting ahead of it. Uh, how do people learn more and get involved with Reliance? Well, you can go to our website, um, Reliance Partners, look us up on the on the net. We'd be glad to come out and uh, talk to you. We've got producers that that uh, talk to carriers all the time. Um, our safety program, we're putting that together and we're visiting with clients and helping them with their safety programs. Um, so we'd be glad to come out and, and help you out. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great weekend. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks, Robert. Hey, again, we'd like to thank our friends at Legend Transportation for sponsoring today's episode. Legend partners with strategic customers while providing seamless solutions for its drivers and is West Regional's premier freight transportation company. To learn more, tell them, dude. I'm telling you what, you need to go to newlegendinc.com immediately after this show. Yeah. Well, hey, now we're gonna get now we're gonna get some visual to this safety. And if you guys don't, oh, yeah. if you have only listened to this show on the audio side, we we also broadcast this on video, and we bring in a lot of video elements. So it may behoove you to uh, switch over to the video side. You can do that by downloading the Freightwaves TV app. You can catch us live on tv.freightwaves.com Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at noon Eastern time, except next week because uh, we're on vacation. <laughs> but right now we got Greg Warren. He's a president and uh, he's president of Daw- Brown Dog Carriers and Logistics. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hey, very fitting day, too, because today we are giving away the Dog Days of Freight Award. So all of our listeners, they submitted pictures. A bunch of our listeners do. They submitted pictures of their dogs. We uh, selected a winner. We're giving them a ticket to F3 at the end of the year. We didn't actually get your dog here, but we do have a picture of Lily. Let's take a look at her. Hi, there Lily. She there she so, is. So tell us, before we jump into some safety here, Brown Dog Harris, how many dogs are you up to over there? <laughs> So I still got just just Lily as our mascot, um, but yeah, we've uh, we've been growing the fleet uh, slowly over the past four years, and um, so we're up to twenty some odd drivers, and um, you know we're all trying to you know just hold our own here as far as uh, safety goes and um, everything else. Yeah. So hey, listen, Greg. Before we move forward here, where's the best place to grab a meal there in Bidford, Maine? Well, throw me under the, uh, let's see. Um, I would say the Wells Steakhouse down in Wells is a really good place. Okay, um, there you go. Here in Bitterford, uh, we, we've got all kinds of new places. And I forgive me, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. But oh, sure. there's a lot of new places popping up in the downtown area now. So um, I would suggest anyone go down to our mill district and check places out. Yeah, well, you know the dude. He's always thinking with his stomach. So, well, I'm, I'm just trying to tease our, our one of our producers in the back. It was talking about how she's very hangry. She forgot oh, to eat breakfast yeah. this morning. So, if you could talk a little bit more about how juicy yeah, how that steak is, how scrumptious it is. Yeah. Maybe they got some really good salads there. All right, so let's like, let's yeah. take a look at some of these dash cam videos. You can you can walk us through, and we can take a look at what we're seeing here. You can tell us if the driver did well. If there's some coaching that would need to be done after this, let's take a look at the first video. Let's play that right now. 
Here we go. So I think this is a lane change, right? This is a uh, one of the drivers here doing a lane change that they shouldn't be doing. Driver almost hits this car, but it looks like it's speed related. So what are we seeing here? Did the driver do what they needed to do? Yeah, they were following at a safe distance, and the car was starting to pull up ahead and then uh, hit the brakes pretty hard to try and get into that spot when they realized they couldn't, they were not going to beat the line. So um, our driver did well. Um, from what I understand, there was vehicles over to the left, so she had no place to go but to do the hard brake. Um, and, you know, it just one of those things that I always, always say, keep your head on a swivel. And in this scenario, you know, Joe, just paying attention to what's in front of you, um, you know, help save the uh, person in front of her, or, um, you know, s- s- prevent an accident. Yeah, or beside him or not, and especially going down that long list. I think we've got another, don't we have another bad, bad lane, lane change, change yeah. coming up here? Another. This one's at nighttime here. And Check most this of this, out. I mean, this looks like stuff your drivers must see all the time every day. I mean, you're just in a passenger car. You see these stupid type of, of lane shifts. Fortunately, in a passenger car, you have more stopping distance, though. And, you know, if there's an accident, it's not as nearly as catastrophic. Some of these just dumb mistakes could be, right, Greg? Yeah, oh, yeah, dumb mistakes. And just not paying, you know, the the personal vehicle there in front of us, you know, just not paying attention, just, you know, not paying attention to the 80,000-pound truck coming up behind him at highway speed. And, you know, they just decide to move over. Um, you know, our drivers, we, you know, we focus really hard on safety here. And, you know, we gave you some clips. I mean, that's just a small, small variety of clips of what we got. And, um, you know, it's the drivers doing their job, just paying attention. Here's a wild one. You never want to see a car coming at you when you're driving down the freeway. So play this tape right here, please. Uh, as, and I believe this is a wrong way driver coming straight towards the the truck and uh, what are they cutting across? I don't see it. No, this is a guy it? that cuts across. Oh, yeah. Why do they? Yeah, that was just an accident. The video. Oh, so this yeah, was just was... an accident that occurred here. Yeah, that was an accident up in front of the truck that happened. Why is this video? Generating but again, it's paying attention to your surroundings and what's happening in front of you. And yeah, you definitely got to <clears> be know, watching. I'm when I'm driving, I keep my eyes way ahead of you know way ahead of where I'm at, so I can you can focus on those you know where's that car going to end up. Make sure it's not in the front of your truck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking to the drivers and doing going through this, drivers need to be aware of all this stuff. I wish we were broadcasting to a lot of people who are driving those cars because it's them causing that problem. They're not thinking yeah. it's 80,000 pounds coming down on how hard it is to stop that or maneuver that, right? It's like when I used to ride a motorcycle, it's the car pulling out a motorcycle because you cannot see just how fast you're coming because of the mass size, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and a lot of these things, I mean, it's driving a lot of these situations or you want situational awareness, but a lot of these situations are completely out of your control. Here's another one that you see happen all the time. Let's play the video. Here's another one you see happen all the time. Just someone not paying attention, not realizing the stopping distance of a truck and pulling right in front of your driver. What, uh, what's the coaching in a situation like this? It seems like your driver needed what she needed. She did what she needed to do. There was no accident, no harm, no foul, but again, could have been worse. Yeah, definitely could have been worse. Um, she did the right thing again. Um, and when you see her reach up towards the camera, that's pushing the button so that it does record, um, in case it didn't trigger an event, usually with a hard break, it'll trigger the event and it'll automatically record. But uh, she wanted to make sure that that got caught on camera. Um, we have those push buttons there, you know, so the driver can tell their side of the story too, because if that car said the guy that she was speeding and she wasn't, then we can go back and take a peek. And so it's, you know, I, I look at the cameras as covering everyone 
um, as far as, you know, are we doing the right thing? And when we're not, and there are times that, you know, we, we see folks that need a little coaching and we certainly do that. Um, so the cameras work on both ends as far as coaching the drivers or, you know, seeing how close things get in, uh, commending our drivers for doing the right thing when, you know, these sorts of things happen. Um, you do have another clip there of the wrong way driver coming up the highway. Well, I, yeah, I think we the do. Next one we got for, some deer. So, uh, we, yeah, we do have another wrong way a little bit in a little bit. We'll little get bit. to the deer. But I got to ask yeah. you something. Since we're on the topic of these cameras themselves, have drivers warmed up to them a bit? Uh, I know uh, originally <clears> there's some drivers thought they were very intrusive, but I've noticed that uh, a lot more of them are sharing footage out there. They they like that they can show how they avoided situations. And I'm sure uh, in terms of insurance and liability, especially as we just talked about, the premiums going up, right? And now that $2 million premium, you need to protect yourself as much as you can these days. Absolutely. Um, so our drivers, they never had a problem with the cameras. And as you see, they are driver facing also. Um, you know, we, we make it, we're not going to be sitting here watching drivers sit there all day, drive their truck. Um, we're simply here to look at it if an event happens. Yeah. So, you know, if something major happens, we, we will be notified of it from the camera company. And if they push that button, um, that'll automatically email us, um, with footage of what just happened. So it's, it's not a punishment tool. So to say it's more of a, you know, let's protect ourselves Mm -hmm. and use it as a coaching tool versus anything else. So none of our drivers have had an issue with it. Even when we put them in, there was no, no real issue with it, which I'm surprised because I know other companies have had a hard time with it. Um, One of the private fleets we haul for, they ended up pulling all their driver facing cameras out because their drivers, weren't having it. Um, but with our, our folks, you know, I always say, if you've got nothing to hide, then, you know, what's, what's the problem? Yeah, that's what I look at. And I would, if I was a driver, I'd be looking at it from the point of, uh, I want to be able to prove that I did everything I could in this, in this accident or in this situation. Uh, yeah. you mentioned the deers, Let, let's, yeah, let's look at this because this is a non-driver situation. And like you said, keeping your head on a swivel, you never know what's going to happen. Boom. Here you go. Venison for dinner. It's, but he doesn't get him. Look, that deer got away. Yeah. But yeah, they were on a head on a swivel and the, the deer survived. So there you go. Save Bambi. Yeah. What, what kind of animal coaching do you, do you give, you know, again, another unavoidable situation, but a different one than a human driver. Again, it's all the same. It's just paying attention to your surroundings. Uh, we have, um, we've had a Turkey strike, um, you know, tore off a mirror of a truck. Um, also Turkey strike, get, you know, bent the bumper, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things and you just can't, Sometimes you can't help it. They're just there. They come out of the woods and they're, you know, they're in the front of your truck. So, um, you know, it's just paying the best attention and then not overreacting because further down that clip uh, with the deer, there's a uh, Walmart truck that went flying by. So had that driver swerved over to the left, it would have, you know, hit the Walmart truck. So it's paying attention to everything around you. So it's not just what's in front of you, but what's coming up the side of you or right behind you. So you always want to, you always want to know what's, what's in your surroundings. Yeah. That's a great, great point, Greg. That's one of the things I was going to bring up was with this particular clip. It caught my attention was 
it, you watch these drivers and what's going on here. Their reaction to these things are spot on. Yeah. Right? I mean, that driver pulling out in front of that one, it could have easily just jerked it to the left. Yeah. But did not do it's, that. You know, it's, it's great Understood to highlight. It's great to highlight a lot of stuff, Michael Vincent, too, because a lot of drivers out there, they have this perception. Whenever you survey them, they have this perception that trucks are the major danger on the road. Yes. When it's not, it's four-wheelers, and you see the professionalism of these drivers. Here's another clip they have to deal with. This is like Final Destination. We've talked about this one before, but we haven't had your perspective on it. This is one of the videos you guys sent me about two months months ago and it's this flying metal coming towards the windshield all these poles coming towards the windshield of the car Wait could have easily it. impaled you like a vampire there they are look at that flying through the air man you could hit, put your head down duck and swerve like crazy but this guy doesn't no he doesn't and in a situation like this it's not right it's not just the driver who has to worry about these objects flying out at him he has to worry about the reaction of every driver in front of him that sees that metal as well yeah and coming into a construction zone so luckily there was nobody in that section that was where the lanes were changing over. So there was nobody working in that area. It was further down the road. So, you know, you hit the construction zone, you've got a narrow down highway and that van coming up going way too fast through the construction zone. And then what we think is he blew the front tire and somehow the, the freight on top got loose. And that's when our driver hit the brakes pretty hard because obviously had one of those gone through his windshield that, could have been game over for the driver. So it's reacting quick enough without hurting anybody else around you. Um, and the driver was able to stop before any of the two, those uh, metal two by fours hit anything. He ended up running over a couple, um, but they were laying flat, did no damage to anything. Um, no other cars got involved. Um, everyone stopped before, um, before they got to it. Our driver was able to get off into that construction zone. Um, just to check everything over, make sure everyone was all right, and then went on his very way. Um, that, and that clip also got sent over to the state police um, in case they needed it for anything. Yeah, there could have been other damage that's going on. This next one is very, very interesting, and it sparked a little discussion between Dooner and myself. This yeah. is the one where this motorbike comes off of the sidewalk. Oh, sure. Here, check this out. Yeah, th this is the only one where I can say, mm, maybe not, driver. Now, you tell me, because they're going into an, an oncoming lane, right? It's a smaller side street through an intersection. There is a motor scooter coming out of nowhere. So is this one where we need some corrective behavior, or what are you seeing there? Yeah, so that one there, um, I only saw it actually for the first time, and I know my safety directors talked to him, see what was happening. So that car in front of him was parked there, waving him through. Um, ah. before that okay. and so he was just trying to get around the car to go up to a small job site up the street and obviously you're not really expecting to see a scooter um, zipping up a sidewalk so that startled him a bit but um so yeah he shouldn't have been right there i, I suppose he was just basically trying to get around the other car that was parked yeah you know, and not parked in a very good spot yeah, yeah you, again, that you got to have that situational awareness. You just never know where someone's going to pull out of and so fast. I mean, a scooter is yeah. probably moving faster than a motorbike or maybe a, a pedestrian yeah. that you might be seeing. But same yeah. time, still places people walk and maybe park their scooters. Yeah, out. absolutely. And, and yeah. here, so well, let's get to the turkey one. Oh, yeah, here's, here's, the the one here's the one where the turkeys and you talk about you don't expect a motorbike. Well, here you're driving in a situation where you should probably be expecting maybe possibly an animal coming out, right? Like the deer at night yeah. right? when you're driving in certain areas. Well, in Massachusetts, you should be expecting turkeys. We have turkeys. Oh, look at there they are. Boom. They're mean, too. You, yeah. have, you have turkeys up there in Maine, right? Be careful of turkeys. Oh, yeah, they we are plenty of them. vicious. Oh, I'm sure they, well, Canadian geese are worse, I think. Well, they are, <laughs> but maybe they should have a battle for that title. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, turkeys are no joke sometimes. Yeah, they They'll are. surround you. I know a Tom will get you, man.
<laughs> yeah, so we again, got, and we ended up getting one of those. That that one of those hit uh, the driver's side mirror, tore the mirror off, and, and we got the call. You know what do I do with this? <laughs> Turn around and come back. We'll get you another truck. But yeah, it's just one of those things. You you, you know, it's where you're gonna go. You know, sometimes you're just gonna, you know, it's somebody else's life for that turkeys. So yeah. Well, it's another, it's another early, example right? of something that is shocking happening right in front of this driver, and he just he knows that, or she, or it could have been a she, I don't know. Uh, you know, hangs on, just goes yeah. through it, doesn't overreact and hurt anybody. It's right? the, you know, you can take a turkey yeah. out. You know, yeah, oh yeah, you know, absolutely. The, 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 yeah. the fixings are coming early. No. Uh, but you know, that's another. But that's another cause. So you don't have to go back to you don't have to go back to your carrier now and they go, hey, what's what happened to the truck? Why is the mirror off? And yeah. they want to dock your pay or something. You're like, look, we hit some turkeys and we got video to show <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So it's you gonna did. settle us some arguments. Sure. It I mean was that a that's, turkey. You mentioned this one earlier, the other wrong way driver. We have this video too. Let's take a look. And this, this one is, is a scary and the other one. This one's coming at nighttime. Yeah. Well, it's like this driver thinks that it, this is a two-lane highway, and he's <laughs> it, there's he's just going as fast as you can with nobody in front of him. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. So um, that person had had multiple police chases that day. Come oh. to find out, oh, okay. um, we we got the towards that was towards the end of uh, his ride. He ended up um, crashing, I do believe, up the road. But um, the reason why we found out about it. Um, cause that didn't trigger an event because our driver didn't yeah. overreact. So nothing really happened other than a car going the wrong way, but the camera isn't going to know that that's the case. Um, you know, cause it just looks like oncoming traffic to the camera, but, um, how we were alerted is we were hauling the customer's trailer down the road and they got a call from a motorist who was pulling out to pass us, but our driver, was flashing his brakes and whatnot to try and warn that driver mm. not to pull out. And they pulled back in behind the truck. And as soon as they did that, the car went by. So had they pulled out, you know, it could have been a whole different story for everyone involved. And that's the only reason why we knew about what was happening. Now, oh, yeah. Can this you imagine one, it? <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, I've seen a car come in the wrong way before, and, it, and it's, it is frightening. Fortunately, it was like, it's one of those things like nothing happened. It didn't hit me, but it's just very disconcerting. And you know, it's going the other way at that rate of speed that something could happen down the road. Yeah. And, you yeah, wish it, you could warn everybody behind you. Here's yeah. one yeah. that this isn't your guys. This is one that actually came out of Troy, Michigan. Uh, the Troy, Michigan police released this video this week, and I just want your review oh, yeah. on it. So take a look at what's happening here. This truck's falling. Yeah. So you got a tanker up there. Um, they lost control somehow. I, I, I don't know if he fell asleep or there's a mechanical failure. Driver loses control. He hits the side. The car explodes. Forcing this driver escaped uninjured. But what are you seeing in this video? I'm seeing, uh, you know, you, you hate to speculate, but as I watch that, it just looks like the driver was falling asleep or you know doing doing uh just not paying attention but yeah distracted um, you don't see any tire blowouts or anything like that happening so i mean really what else could be happening you know medical emergency or whatever the case is but um it's certainly an unfortunate event but you know glad that he you know made it out safely because that could have had a very tragic ending for him yeah. Well, if you're the driver of the other truck, that that's is that near to an accident that's involving a big explosion like that? What is the coaching to your driver should they come across a scene like that? Uh, I, as far as that goes, and if it was me personally, and I still do drive, I I would get over as far as I could and try and get past it. You know, get get your truck off to safety. Um, try to render any aid that you can. But in that scenario, there's so much fire that, you know, you got to keep yourself safe too. So worry about getting your truck and yourself off to safety. And then, you know, then you call um, police and fire and whatnot. Um, 
by the time you get done getting yourself off the side of the road and out of the way and safe, you know, there's probably already been a hundred calls to the fire department, but um, yeah, I, I always look at this scenario. If I'm ever in a spot, you know, I always want to get out and help, but you know, I also have family and whatnot that I treasure. So I want to be home for them too. So always keep yourself safe first and then render aid, you know, secure the scene and then, you know, do what you can to help safely. Well, hey, I love what you guys do, and we've been, because there's so many companies hiring right now, I know carriers are always looking for drivers, Brown Dog may be looking for office people and drivers, I'm not really sure. What's your pitch to our audience out here who may want to be looking at to start their career in freight or switch companies? Why come to Brown Dog? Well, we're family-owned. Um, we're pretty low-key, obviously. You know, i got a mascot, a dog for a mascot, so um, <laughs> we pay well. You know, we're a new company, but I, I started driving 24 years ago. So um, I've worked for a lot of different companies and I took all the good and the bad from those companies. And I decided to build the company that I was that I'd be proud to work for. So, you know, with the good pay, the good benefits, um, family friendly atmosphere over here, you actually have a name. You're not you know, you don't call in and tell me your truck number. You just call in. Hey, this is Joe. Um, and, you know, that's good enough for us. Um, I've, I've been a truck number before it's, you know, those aren't the companies I like to work for. So, um, we're family orientated, good pay, and most of our drivers are home every day. So, um, we, you know, we have some benefit there where, you know, they get a good family life. I like it. Empathy from leadership too, because of your own personal experience by behind the wheel, that goes a long way in understanding when you're trying to explain some of these problems that you are going to encounter on the road. There's no way to avoid this stuff. There's ways to stay safe, but like we just saw in all those videos, S happens. S happens, you know, ah. be, be prepared. But thank you one more time for joining us today, sharing Lily with us, sharing some of your dash cam videos and, and safety. We'll definitely have you on when you collect some more of these in a couple months and we'll do another review. We appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Take care. Thanks so much, Greg. That's a great service to do, really. Just come on and spend his time doing that. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, 20 minutes going through dash cam videos. Some of them are are more exciting than others, obviously. But all these things are things that drivers encounter. A lot of times you see these big accidents on the highway. It's not because the driver's, like, texting. Yeah, there's that one guy who may have fallen asleep, but he may have had a medical episode. I don't know. He may have You have no idea why that happened. He may have had a mechanic. I can't speculate. But most of these, we could see the video camera on the driver. They are wide awake, situationally aware, and then responsible enough to even double-check to make sure that the situation is being recorded yeah right you saw the car come out and it made sure it was being recorded so everybody saw what happened excellent hey Hey, we put a contest out there this week let's hit the dog days bumper yeah all right so last week we started it was the dog days of freight because it's the dog days of summer we reached out to our social networks and asked you the viewers to send us pictures of your dogs over those past weeks we've been playing those pictures of those dogs showing them to you all and earlier today we drew a winner so we're going to announce that for you who won the f3 ticket f3 november 8th to 10th is the bonnaroo freight it's the biggest festival in freight to ever happen it's going down here in chattanooga november 8th to 10th live.freightwaves.com to get tickets use promo code wtt to save 200 bucks or i also noticed that there's group packages now too so a lot of you you yeah yeah yeah. those are new out i saw that come out yeah bring your family bring your friends i think there's only maybe like 100 or 200 of these group packages it's quite a good value you're going to save a ton of money you're going to see us here but someone who submitted a dog to us is also going to be going to this event for free in november let's take a look at some of the dogs or some of the candidates who sent us their pictures we've got a whole bunch here so let's just flash right through 
all these. Stressed look at that guy. out. Stressed out. Look Beautiful at these dogs. dogs. You know, there was that, that Shasta. <laughs> she was sitting back there. That was Miles J. Vargas's dog. There's uh, the weirdo. That was Joe Cat's dog. Look at all these beautiful beasts of freight. That's Harley right there. Oh, that was the Furberry Scarf. That was my Canadian friend's dog. Uh, so many different dogs. And a lot of these were driver's dogs as well. Yeah, we had Bob over there at the concert. We even got Earl. Well, that wasn't Earl. Well, Earl was in there. That wasn't Earl, though. No. That dog had the doggles on. That's Jason and Trigger's dog. I like Jason and Trigger. They're, yeah, a, yeah, gaming, yeah. they're a gaming couple, too. So right. they're a married couple. They actually came on the show. Uh, Billy Bigrigger did about maybe oh, a yeah, month yeah. or two ago. Yeah. And they have an incredible story. They went yeah. from being homeless to team truck drivers. They rebuilt, restarted their life. Now they're having, you yeah. know, a lot of couples, you, if you stuck me... If you stuck me in a cab with my, my wife for, yeah. for months on end, yeah. it would be a lot of problems, I would think, after a while. I would think it would get to be a struggle after a while, being that confined. They get along, though. They get along. They, play, they, just, they were telling me they just finished It Takes Two, which is a two-player uh, co-op PS2 game. They, uh, nice. they play the Lego games like my kids do. So really big fan of that. There's Trey Griggs' dog Trey over Griggs at, dog, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's over at the Capitol. Got a Worldwide Logistics so doggy there. The Nickel Logistics, Sarah, a bunch Nickel. of theirs. Initial. Look at that one right there. Look at this. Look, so <laughs> these dogs there were so are many awesome, great man. dogs. So how, and there, oh, look, there's a, there's a Moody the dog. Moody, yeah. Only Moody. 300 of those in the United States, Michael Vincent. Yeah, that's it, man. There's that like little gizmo in the ground. another Knickel. And that uh, Michael Caney's Michael dog Caney's as well. That's dog. Penny yeah. Lane. Beautiful Penny Lane. So we had all these dogs submitted. There was, uh, there was a bunch of them. So who is the winner, though? It is none other than Mike Diamond, regional market manager, Southeast Midwest for Napa. He shared with us this dog right here. It is Harley. Harley likes to sleep like this on the daily. Mike, nice. we drew the winner. I reached out and I said, hey, come on. We're going to yeah. call you in this spot. We'll do it on air. It's going to be awesome. Well, guess what? An even better story happened because you know what? Mike Diamond wrote back to me. said, man, timing of life is something. I'm actually in the hospital with the wife and baby. We're still working on getting discharged. So unsure. I said, hey, man, this is not that important. You go or, you know, you go celebrate your great day. Their new baby, Joshua James. Let's give him a little cowbell. Joshua James, happy They're birthday. JJ for sure. J.J. Right Diamond. Does that sparkle or what? That, that's awesome. J.J. Diamond. J.J. Diamond. We're going to see you at F3. We hope to see all of you as well. Even if you didn't win here, you'll be a winner by coming to F3. So live.freightwaves.com. Click on F3. Get a ticket. Biggest event to ever happen in freight. But you know what's also going to happen? The biggest event to ever happen in freight movies. This is it, man. Yeah, because you know this what we is did? It. No, we did. We oh. did it. We went out and we licensed Convoy, right? Oh, you didn't do that. We oh. didn't do that, did oh, we? Oh, we went out and we licensed yeah, Convoy, we baby. You know what? J.J. So, Diamond sounds like it could be like the star of the next Convoy the next movie. Convoy, Convoy 2. Convoy of the future. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So we, we're, we've been talking a lot about trucking movies lately. We yeah. integrate pop culture in this lot. And um, we were getting Convoy just to stream on Freightways TV, our network here, which you'll be able to watch. and It'll be on demands and all those kind of things. Just a straight HD version. But we were like, hey... Um, can we do anything else with this property? Michael, Vince, and I, we are huge fans of Mystery Science Theater and oh, yeah. Joe Bob Briggs' Monster Vision. Bob those late-night cable shows with yeah. the, the host and some skits and some segments where you can... It's fun, but we can also give informative facts about the movies. We're going to have people from the industry come in and talk about it and do these bits with us. Yeah. And w- as we keep developing this, too, we're like, we can expand this even further. So we're going to have some truckers in studio. We're going to watch the movie, do the commentary track with it. We're going to have those cut-in segments with people from the industry. And then we may even do a companion What the Trucks for some of the more in-depth historical stuff. So all this oh, yeah. stuff can fit yeah. in the format. It's going to be in October. It's going to be awesome. We couldn't be more excited. And... If you know the 1978, the late 1970s era of trucking, 
Current driver, Ooh, former driver. You have a historical perspective on this. Maybe you're a, a massive Convoy fan. Maybe you know someone involved with the production. Reach out to me. We're putting together tdooner at FreightWaves.com. That's T-D-O-O-N-E-R at FreightWaves.com. If you have anything you think that can contribute to this project, let us know. I'll be happy to talk to you and see if we can bring you on board. We're going to pour a lot of effort into this, man. I'm one of those people who, when uh, we have a task, I let it consume me. I can't tell you're excited. I can't. I couldn't I, tell. I've already watched tell. it ever since I heard realized it. And this dude, was like, dude. And when this movie came out, yeah, I was a kid. I wasn't right? born yet. But I'm. But I'm going to tell you what. It was crazy. Yeah. You were cool. We we were learning all the lingo on on the on the CBs. It was cool to have a CB. If your dad had a CB in the car, you were the cool kid. We would get on and hey, breaker one nine coming to. Uh, uh, this is a four top coming at you. We knew all the lingo and everything. It was cool. Well, the movie, well, it, you know, some people may think it's dated. It's not. The themes are enduring. The movie is right about that change. Deregulation was coming in, that, that big change in trucker culture, that, that rebel lore of being that driver. And this movie is about a society that's pushing that outwards through the form of the police. And it, it, I think it's a great... I just rewatched it uh, last night. I rewatched the night before since I've had it on. There's also a great documentary on YouTube uh, called Peckinpah's Truck, Trucking Movie because Sam Peckinpah directed yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. check that out on YouTube. But we're really looking forward to it. We want you to join us and be a part of it um, in whatever measurable way we can. Now, this has been a stacked episode, though, Michael Vincent. So let's it talk... Has. Let's just mention a couple of news items that are on FreightWaves.com. We'll give a quick oh, opinion yeah, on it, then is, we'll move there forward. There's all that important stuff going on as here's, well, right? Here, here's one here. Uh, abrupt closure of K-Ray shows fuel hedging programs stuns trucking companies my take on it it sounds like when gas went up they didn't have the hedging properly covered and when those situations converge you know they can we don't have all the details right now but uh the uh nfa is uh investigating and k ratio and everybody involved is is uh is uh, responding properly and, 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 and involved in the investigation. So we'll find out what happens. Clarissa Haas has a great report on yes, it. Uh, go to FreightWaves.com and read hers for sure. Right. Another one here. This came out talking about the rail, Union Pacific. So for the next week, so while I'm away from vac- on vacation, you can't ship a 40-foot container from the West Coast to Chicago. Now, remember we had Not Christian. Not the UP, you can't. Remember, yeah, remember we had Christian. She said you. She said you can't send anything to Chicago anyway right now. Intermodal, oh, and, and that's the idea, right? Embargoing it to try and relieve some of that pressure. I think, right? Yeah, you think because I think that's kind of what it is. Because it's because look, if nothing happens, then you just have a bunch of back end that pulls up uh, on the West Coast, right? Well, yeah, and then UP's got all their assets tied up sitting in Chicago or on a, or on the West Coast, right? Yeah. So if you say, hey, we're not doing it, maybe it goes elsewhere and you can free up some of the. Yeah, assets. I think that's the hope here is that so. you, yeah. you get headlines like this and people yeah. become aware and they go, oh, I got. I got to think about it. So when you hear the Suez Canal is blocked, how long is it blocked for? Does it make sense to go around the horn? That's right. Uh, same thing here. That's right. Another one was a UAD, UAWN strike at Volvo after split vote on latest offer. Um, what are you going to say here? It looks like they were fighting a lot. It looks like they, they came to a yeah, compromise. But- it's one they had rejected just recently. It, it, well, and that's the interesting take on this, right, is the UAW, it's usually a they present it and it's passed, right? Yeah. And they're thinking this is a new trend where the, the rank and file is just going to reject first all the time now, right? Because you, now you got GM and the Detroit Big Three coming up in, uh, what, two years? Yeah. So they could be saying, hey, they're just going to reject the first one right now. So a little bit different negotiating possible is what they're thinking. You know what market's hot right now, too? 
LTL, oh, man, Uber Freight, yeah. and Blue Grace have teamed up on LTL. Very interesting. Some people might thought LTL needs too much hand-holding to be part of a digital platform, but they say otherwise. And mm. with the expertise of Blue Grace, it'll be cool to hear how that turns out. I know we'll talk to Bill Drieger from there um, oh, yeah, absolutely. pretty soon. We'll find out the how that deal is going to work, how it's going to benefit you, the shipper, and how it's going to change the LTL market. We come back. Not Monday, the following Monday, Luke Schneider, CEO of Refraction AI. Ginny in Glasgow, Georgia, will be talking about autonomous trucking patents. Perry Falk, SVP, Carry Operators and Lower Transmission, will be talking about, guess what? Drayage and intermodal with him. So, there you go, there'll man. be a lot to talk about. <laughs> hey, enjoy the race on Sunday and good luck, number 15, Prop 4 and Congratulations. Tell them how to be. Go, hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.